0: Welcome to a live and Active Life. Broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. So, did you accomplish your purpose today? How about yesterday? Are you on target with your life purpose? Think back to when you start your day. First, before getting out of bed, multi-thoughts fire as you contemplate another new day. Then, when you get dressed, life responsibilities already form in your brain. Downing your breakfast, you focus on making progress today. You might jot to-dos in your planner so you don't forget. And at your place of work, Ideas about life balance might just appear—and some of them quickly disappear—as you dive into your responsibilities for that day. With duties bombarding your waking hours, do you accomplish your purpose for being alive? Do you know why God created you? When I was much younger, I remember wondering about my life purpose. Without too much trouble, I could name my responsibilities. I had goals and a good plan to accomplish them. Interestingly, I even spent some time identifying some dreams and hopes hidden in my heart. But to answer, how do you accomplish your life purpose? I didn't know what to say. One day during my time with the Lord, something stood out to me. It was an answer. Here's the scripture that helped me. John 17.3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Suddenly, I grabbed that nugget. The purpose of life here and eternally is simply to know God. This verse suggests knowing God, the only true God, comes only one way, through knowing Jesus Christ, sent by God to become human. Once again, Jesus shows up in the very middle of everything that matters. Right now, I'd like to take a little side path and talk about two guys in Scripture, Enoch and Methuselah. I remember a verse about Enoch. He got really old, by today's standards, before going to heaven. Here are some interesting facts about Enoch. Enoch was 65 when he finally became a dad to Methuselah. By today's standard, that's old. Then scripture says, After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked Faithfully with God three hundred years and had other sons and daughters. From Genesis five twenty two. Well Enoch lived three hundred and sixty-five years. An interesting number. One year for every day of our year, three hundred and sixty-five. That's from Genesis five, verse twenty three. And then in the next verse twenty four, it says, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more, because God took him away. Enoch loved God and was faithful to him. Then God took him away. Hmm. Apparently Enoch's life wasn't over yet. There was more life purpose ahead. And then finally, Genesis 5 verse 27 says this about Enoch's first son. Methuselah lived a total of 969 years. He then died. Wow, this guy was really, really old. The oldest man who ever lived. So, those are some interesting facts about a man that Scripture chose meaningful words to describe. Enoch walked faithfully with God. I would love to have those words said about my life. How about you? Enoch accomplished his life purpose because he was getting to know God well. So let's get back onto our original path for the content today. That little side path was helpful in using an illustration from Scripture, but we're going to get back to your purpose What does it actually mean to know God? How does that affect your day on a practical level? Can you live a normal life and still know God? As a simple, ordinary person, I think those are good questions. After all, maybe you've had some of these realities that I have had in my life. Things like this. You lack wisdom or blaring in your face is your weakness instead of your strength. Um, Although you trust God, you find that fears nest in your heart. Maybe fears of failure, fear of pain or what people will think, fear that you might miss God's best, or the fear of exposing unattractive character in yourself or someone else. There's the fear of hurting or letting someone down. And then there's the fear that your past might interfere with future progress. Then there's the reality that the task before you is overwhelming. You tremble at what God asks you to do. And then there's the lack of eloquence and trouble thinking on your feet. Do you ever wonder if you simply don't have what it takes to accomplish your purpose? You do love the Lord, and you want to serve Him. You want your life to make a difference in this world. But your portion seems small compared to others who have a purpose that rocks the world. You know, people like Moses or Paul. Think of it this way. None of the things that we mentioned in the previous list weigh in on your purpose. And those things, again, were lacking wisdom Having a weakness in front of your face instead of your strength, having fears of various things, thinking the task is overwhelming, and then also the lack of eloquence or the ability to think on your feet. Those are things that really affect most people. But none of those things weigh in on your purpose. We already established scripture declares you accomplish your purpose when you know God, when you walk faithfully with God, like Enoch did. To accomplish your unique purpose, you need to think differently. Instead of comparing yourself to the likes of Moses or Paul, Martin Luther, maybe Mother Teresa or Jim Elliot, compare yourself to Christ in you. Your life is different than everyone else. Your purpose is unique. As you walk with God, like Enoch did, you fulfill a -a one-of-a-kind, special purpose. And God designed it that way. In the same way that no person's thumbprint is like another's, no person's purpose is another's. Although we are the same in many ways, we are very different from each other. So here is a little look at some points about same and different. First of all, God wants the same for every person. He wants us all to know Jesus personally. That's from John 17.3. But then, a second point, God wants every person to embrace their uniqueness and enjoy being different from everyone else. This differentness shows His creativity and glory. And then a third point about same and different. Something God wants the same for every follower of Jesus is a strong commitment to trust and obey Him. This beautifully displays the consistent, unchanging loveliness of Christ through the different colored lenses of each person's life. So even in sameness, there is differentness. And then fourth, God also wants the same for all his children, and that is peace. Peace that passes understanding, Philippians 4.7. This peace launches from a platform of gratitude. So I guess we should have gratitude as well. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How do these elements of same and different provide unique purpose for each person? How do they help you think differently? I believe it is through another term that we need to explore—fear of the Lord— so what exactly is the fear of the Lord? Most people don't ever think about this concept. They believe fear is only negative. And when they equate fear with God, they back away from Him. If this has been your experience, I have great news. The fear of the Lord is a very positive thing. It's super special, intimate, inviting, encouraging. It's comforting. And it's kind and good. The fear of the Lord opens the door to begin to know the heart of God, which we already discussed is the purpose for being alive. So, it helps you find your purpose. Psalm 25 verse 14 says, The friendship of God is for those who fear Him. And then Proverbs 9 10 announces, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God only shares His heart with people who trust, obey, and rest in Him. In other words, those who fear Him. Let's define the fear of the Lord with some helpful phrases. Here we go. We have maybe six, eight of them. Let's go with number one. A deep reverence in your heart for God. His holiness and his opinions. Number two, a respect for his ways, his plans, perspective, and agenda that drives your choices. Number three, an attitude you yield to because you've had a peek at God's love and power. Or perhaps, you haven't had a peek, but you want one. Number four, Resolve to do life God's way, whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not, and whether it's easy or not. Number five is willingness to take care of God's interests over your own. Number six, practicing gratitude in every issue or problem. Gratitude does not depend on feelings. It's an attitude of your heart. You do have control over your attitudes. Number 7. An intentional choice to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to want Him more than anything else in life. Take a look at Mark 12, verse 30, and Philippians 3, 7-11. through 11. And then the final one, a proactive decision to yield as a living sacrifice for God, Romans 12.1. This means aligning your life with God's principles. So, those were eight things that kind of helped to define the fear of the Lord with some helpful phrases. Let's go over these key words. Did you notice them? Number 1. Reverence. 2. Respect. 3. Attitude. 4. Resolve. 5. Willingness. 6. Gratitude. 7. Choice. And 8 yielding. Those are key words, and they surely help to describe a person who's living in the fear of the Lord. Well, we must remember something else. We're going to talk about God's glory. God's glory is pinnacle as you work to accomplish your life purpose. Here's a testimony someone sent to me recently. The Lord's message to me today was very clear. My life's purpose is to bring Him glory through obedience and life choices, which never focus on me. Quite insightful, don't you think? God is glorified when you agree, which is step one, with His original design to know Him, which is step two, and live obedient to His excellent ways, step three. So step one is agree with Him, Step two is to know Him. Step three is to live obedient to His excellent ways. That's how you accomplish your life purpose—bringing glory to God. I'd like to go over some practical action steps that focus specifically on those three steps. First of all, step one, the fear of the Lord is agreeing with God. How? Completely, consistently, continually, and cheerfully. Lots of C's. Are you agreeing with God as step one to accomplish your life purpose? Step two. When you practice fear of the Lord, you begin to know God more intimately. His power rises and affects your daily living because it connects you to God's heart, to His fellowship and to His love. Get in His Word and pray to know Him. Knowing God is step two of accomplishing your life purpose. Are you taking this step each day? Then step three. After putting step one and step two into place, you'll notice changes start happening in your heart. God is speaking to you and working in your life. Perhaps Correcting some things, revealing new things to you, perhaps showing better patterns. So, step three is to embrace his new work with courage and resolve to be a living sacrifice, fully surrendered. You know what? You can accomplish your purpose every day. Visit our website. For devotional materials, articles, podcasts, and resources to help grow your faith in God. Pursue noble character and an alive and active life. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org, your web based home for resources, including books and ebooks libraries of articles podcasts and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person god designed living an alive and active life